0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Hey Glenda, don't stop praying. When you were, as you prayed, the presence of God kept increasing in this place. It did. You were filling up on the stage, I know. You're trying to hang on. It's true. Just, you, may, you may be shorter than some people in here, but you're a spiritual giant when you pray. So just keep praying. Um, Mark 6.2 says this, on the Sabbath, this is Jesus, went to teach in the synagogue. Everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. They said among themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to him? Where did he receive such profound insights and what mighty miracles flow through his hands? Mighty miracles flowing through his hands. Talk miracles. What is a miracle? you ever looked up a definition of a miracle? I thought I probably should. uh, The definition of a miracle is this an extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable, that is not explicable in natural or scientific laws, and is therefore attributed to a divine agency. In other words, it can't be explained with science and it can't be explained in the natural laws of things it go and then so if people try to understand that's why people can't understand a miracle they say a miracle i have to understand it to believe in it well you can't because it can't be explained by scientific or that happens my words that are associated with it as supernatural phenomenon a mystery a sign God uses miracles as a sign to unbelievers and to get people's attention, uh, which happened all through the Bible. It, uh, miracles are a remarkable event or development that brings very welcome consequences. Very welcome consequences. A miracle is not a negative thing. A miracle is always a positive thing. A miracle is always something good happening. Everyone, every, no one goes, oh, I got a miracle the other day. Gee, it was terrible. I'm so getting miracles which I stopped getting miracles in my life which I just stop but they're happening all the time it's never a negative thing a miracle is always a positive thing it's something good that is happening to someone else and that's why we need to always pray for miracles that's why Jesus went around and prayed for people and saw miracles happen and people said and what mighty miracles flow through his hands Miracles, sometimes when we think of the word miracle, we straight away think about maybe miracles, what happened in the Bible, and we think about healing, or some, someone being raised from the dead, or something like that. But, that is miracle. but miracles go a lot further than that. It can be someone raised back to life, which is an incredible miracle. Jesus did it. Many times during the Bible, it's still happening today. If you go searching in places like South America and Africa, and that it happens regularly, people are raised back to life. They're in situations where they haven't got hospitals, they haven't. The only option they've got is to pray that God would raise them back to life, and they actually pray and they come back to life again. And there's hundreds of them happening all the time. A miracle. A great miracle like that is a restored relationship is just as powerful as raised from the dead almost. But it's just as powerful as someone being healed. In fact, it's even more powerful because when you connect someone's lives back together, it creates the realm of being more miracles, of actual increase, of growth, of, of, of many things happening. So lives being brought back together, families being brought back together. Broken relationships being brought back together is a miracle. There can be financial miracles. I've heard of incredible miracles where people were just on the brink of you know, bankruptcy in a terrible situation that they may have put themselves in, that, that may not have been their fault or whatever it is. And, and I've seen God intervene in situations in, in for churches and for people and for businesses and where f- incredible financial miracles have happened out of it. And there's probably the greatest, Aaron mentioned this before, but probably the greatest miracle is salvation. Where in a moment someone can come and have a revelation of Jesus and suddenly understand what Jesus has done for them. And they can be walking in darkness but can come and in a moment surrender and say, God, be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life, Jesus. Forgive me, Father God, for what I've done. And in a moment, the it's like they walk, they turn 180 degrees and it's like they step out of darkness into light. In a moment. I've seen people just, in a moment, it's like they walk in with like the weight of the world on their shoulders and the moment they give their life to Jesus, their whole face changes. The sadness lifts off, the depression lifts off. I've seen people being set free from addictions to substances and and smoking stuff in a in a moment and never gone back to it again. That's a miracle. Yeah. If you're free from that stuff, that's that's a miracle. And so there's incredible miracles that happen. Sometimes miracles happen in a moment. Sometimes miracles happen just over a period of time. But God is a God of miracles. Here's a question. Here's, I've got three. Three things to think about tonight, and this is a question. Are you living life so safe that you never make room for miracles? Are you living life so safe that you never make room? for? Because you can. I know people that do. They live life so ordered and restricted that they never make room. Because miracles often happen by faith. There's a great statement I'm going to show you. If you want to throw that image up, Joe, just the image first. Uh, there's a great statement by Reinhard Bonnke and, um, on that image, which will fly up in a minute because Joe's awesome at what he does. It says, that's a picture of a crowd uh, in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm going to show you a video in, in a second of that crowd. That crowd is over 3 million people. And, um, and there's a statement on that and it's talking about faith because it took faith for that whole thing to happen. And it says, faith is a leap a leap into the light, not a step into the darkness. People step into darkness, you know, and they get themselves in a whole lot of trouble. But God says, leap into my light. It's a leap of faith. Miracles come through faith. I've actually got a video, some of you may have seen part of this before, of that meeting. And uh, it's the culmination of of, uh, that meeting. And if you want to play that, Joe, for uh, one minute and make sure the sound's up for it, of just them at the end of the meeting praising God. Just watching that, that's a miracle of a crowd that size. Do you know that crowd is bigger than the population of Brisbane? It's bigger than the city of Brisbane, all in one place. In that that night, just before that shout happened, the reason I was shouting is because in first time in recorded history, a million over a million people surrendered their life to Jesus. A third of the crowd, one in three, gave their life to Jesus that time, that night. It happened about 13 years ago now. And I'll just show you that just to show your heart because God is a God of miracles. Jesus said, Greater things shall you do. Jesus saw big crowds, multiple crowds of multiple thousands, but that's greater. That's his, and then Jesus is in the midst of it going, Go for it. And they're shouting his praises. Point two is this the pathway to miracles is often inconvenient, it's usually inconvenient. Miracles, you can like you can keep doing the same motions, expecting the same result, is the definition of insanity. That's very true. Often, you have to, God will stir you to do something different for your miracle to happen. Here's a few things Uh, there's a guy called Legion, had a possessed with over 2,000 demons, and Jesus knew he was there and he says to his disciples, let's jump over there, we've got to go across the lake, we're going over the other side. They didn't know where they were going to and as they get in the boat, he has a sleep because he's tired and then they're all in the boat and this massive storm, a supernatural storm comes against the boat and they were seasoned Boat owners and fishermen, and they all thought they were going to die. It was so bad. Jesus having a sleep. They wake him up, and he's like, what, what, what? We're going to die. We're going to die. And he speaks to the storm and calms the sea. So they go through a storm. They have to go across a lake, and they get to the other side, and, and they meet this guy called Legion, possessed with 2,000 demons, and Jesus speaks a word and sets him free. It was inconvenient to go through a storm. It was inconvenient to go to the other side of the lake, but Jesus went through all of that for one person. What will he do for you? No one is ever too far away to receive a miracle. What about the woman with the issue of blood? And for she was bankrupt, had nothing left. And so in one day, Jesus coming past with thousands of people, hundreds of people pressed against him. And what does she have to do? She had to crawl on her knees. And she said, if I just has this thought, if I just touch just the hem of his garment, maybe he will heal me. And so she crawls on her hands and knees in the dirt and the dust and the muck of the animals and all the rest that would have been on the road. It wasn't bitumen. It wasn't all clean and tidy. There was no street sweepers in uh, those days. It was dirty. It was messy. And it was very inconvenient and very, very humbling to get on your hands and knees. And she crawled and touched his garment. And the moment she touched him, she was instantly healed and received a miracle. And Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? And everyone laughed at him because they said, everyone's running into you. Everyone's bumping into you. And they said, oh, I felt power come out of me. And he turns around. This woman is there and she's sort of with a bit of fear. Said, it was me. It was me. And he said, your faith, that little bit of faith you had, that's how you got your miracle. What about the man... Uh, what about the man with the withered hand who Jesus deliberately on a, on a Sabbath when they said, "Oh, all the teachers of the law were saying you can't heal on the Sabbath; it's against the law." And it wasn't, but they'd made up their own rules. and And so Jesus is in the temple, and there's this God, the hand that's withered, that was deformed since birth, and and you know, and he was sort of walking around, and, and he's standing, there and they were, and they were thinking, if Jesus does this, we're going to get him in trouble if he if he heals him. And he deliberately looks at them, and he and he takes the man's hand. And he said, you know, and he just says. In Jesus' name, in my name, he basically said, be healed. He just says to this man. And in a moment, with this man sitting next to him, knowing all these religious leaders looking at him, with dissatisfaction and, and anger because they you can't heal people on the Sabbath, his hand is completely made whole. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Because Jesus knew that if he healed that man, that he was going to get criticized, ridiculed, Torn down, his life was suddenly going to be in danger because he kept healing people and kept breaking the, their man made laws they had and they didn't like it. And people were following him and they were getting jealous. How would you feel if you know that you're about to pray for someone and they were going to get a miracle and you know that you're going to cop the flack from hundreds of other people and other leaders and other people are going to get on social media and, and say you're this, that, and the other? And you're going to get, all these people are going to say you're terrible. Would you still pray for that person? Knowing you were going to cop it, knowing that you were going to get ridiculed, because that's exactly what Jesus did. Sometimes it's inconvenient to receive a miracle, sometimes it's inconvenient to pray for someone who needs a miracle. What about the centurion? And the servant, let me just read this to you because there's two things that happen here. It says, after he came down from teaching on the hillside, a massive crowd began following him. Suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, Of course I want to heal you. Of course I want to heal you. It wasn't even a second thought. He said, of course I want to. Do you know that he wants to heal you? Jesus hasn't changed. He wants to heal you. And he says, be healed. And instantly all all signs of leprosy disappeared. And Jesus said to him, don't speak to anyone, but go at once and find a priest and show him uh, what has happened to you. Make sure you take along... The offering Moses commanded so that you can certify your healing, which was what they did by the law in those days. And when Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in in my home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go, and he'll go, and another to come, and he'll come. I'll my servants, and I'll do whatever I ask. So I know that you all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son, and he will be instantly healed. That's what he says to Jesus. And Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've encountered. In Israel. This is a Roman commander, and it would have been so humbling for him to actually do what he did. He went, and because remember all the other guys with him. Oh, do you hear what Larry did? Whatever his name was. He, he went to Jesus you know and then other romans because they all the romans didn't love jesus they didn't they didn't know who really who he was or whatever and so he did that and it, it was very inconvenient to do that because he would have copped a whole lot of flak for doing what he did but his care for his son overrode whatever criticism his his desire and faith for a miracle overrode all of that and then it says In verse 13, then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, Go home. All that you have believed for will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. Point three, this last point. Worship team, come on back up. We're going to sing a song in a moment, and then to finish tonight, we're going to pray for people and believe for miracles tonight. You might, you might be, you might need a miracle in your body. You might need healing in your body. You might want to come out the front and stand in the gap for someone else. You might want to stand in the gap for some family member who's unwell, who's sick, who someone who needs a financial miracle. Whatever it may be, we're going to pray tonight. I want to share this one last point. God will prepare you for a miracle in the in the. Uh, feeding of the 5,000 people we find in mark 630 it says you know they the apostles came back to Jesus returned from their mission gathered around Jesus told him everything they'd done and taught there was such a swirl of activity around Jesus with so many people coming and going that they were unable to even eat a meal so Jesus says to his disciples come let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can eat and rest a while. because they were tired they've been praying and seeing Miracles happen and people healed all day long, so they're tired. They slipped away and left by sailboat for a deserted spot. But many of the people saw them leaving and realized where they were headed. So they took off running along the shore. Then people from the surrounding towns joined them in the chase. It's like a movie. And a large crowd got there ahead of them. By the time Jesus came ashore, a massive crowd was waiting at the sight of them his heart because they seemed like wandering sheep who had no shepherd so he taught them many things late that afternoon his disciples said it's getting really late and we're here in a remote place with nothing to eat you should send the crowds away so they can go into the surrounding villages and buy food for themselves but he answered them no you give them something to eat are you sure they replied you, you really want us to go and buy them supper? It would cost a small fortune to feed all these thousands of hungry people. How many loaves of bread, he asked. Go and see. After they looked around, they found a boy. It says in another, another book of the Bible. They looked around, they came back and said, five plus a couple of fish. Then he says this. Then he instructed them to organize the crowd and have them sit down in groups on the grass. So they had them sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties. What did Jesus just do? He, the miracle hadn't happened yet, but he prepared them for what was about to happen. And God, and I'd never seen that before until I just read it this afternoon. God prepared them. And I believe that there's miracles, but God will prepare you to receive it. He'll he'll ask you to do something maybe you haven't done before. He'll ask you to prepare. Maybe it's extra prayer. Maybe it's reading His Word. Maybe it's getting together with someone and praying together. Maybe He's doing something you haven't done before. But God will want to prepare you for what He's about to give you. He wants to prepare you for what He's about to give you. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, um, gazed to heaven, gave thanks to God. He broke the bread and the two fish and distributed them to the disciples to serve the people. Nothing multiplied yet. They actually multiply when the disciples gave it out. Jesus just broke it, prayed for it and gave it back to them. And the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. Everyone had plenty to eat and was fully satisfied. And the 12 disciples picked up what remained. And each of them ended up with a basket full of leftovers. Altogether, 5,000 families were fed that day. 5,000 families. From five loaves and two fish. God prepared them before the miracle happened. And I believe that tonight, all through this service, God's been preparing some people here to receive a miracle. There's been times when we've been in of God, It's been in this place, the anointing of God, people have prayed, there's been moments where God's just speaking to hearts and saying, come on, He's drawing you, He's drawing you, He's drawing you, we're going to sing this song. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.